Morning, morning, good morning. Welcome to Presbyterian Church of the Covenant. My name is Reverend Jason Warren Griffiths. I'm really glad to be here. I'm really glad you're here. Um, I started off this week. Today's, what's today? February 20th, 2022. For those of you listening on the podcast, thank you for joining us too. Um, I started off this week up in Malibu as uh, Los Ranchos Pastors Retreat. It's our presbytery, uh, brings us all up to the hill and refreshes us. And it was, it was a really good week. And uh, Charles Svensson uh, said to say hi, and he's retiring next week for, for good, right? Round of applause. Yeah, I think there was a couple of one to clap. He was the interim pastor. He actually taught, uh, did he teach you too? He taught both of uh, my wife and I when we were in seminary at different points. Uh, how to be an interim pastor, um, in case we ever were called into that. So I knew him from about 10 years ago. What was I going to say after that? Oh, we got all kinds of stuff coming up. Um, what is, what's coming up first? Amy's preaching next week, and I'm fired up. I can't wait. That's going to be excellent. Um, also, we're receiving a plaque for all the ministry we've done um, through Operation Christmas Child over the past five, ten years or something. So we're going to receive a plaque. Uh, round of applause to Carlina and her team, right? I think that's one of the most important ways that God uses this outpost. Amen? And then that week, um, we, we, we move into Lent, which is actually means springtime. Did you know that? Looked into the definition, the root means springtime. And we, as the followers of Jesus, think springtime is synonymous with preparing our hearts to celebrate the resurrection of our Lord Jesus the Christ. And it starts with Ash Wednesday. And we're going to be doing Ash Wednesday a little bit different. We're going to have a service at 1230 where Cornell will be on the organ. It'll be a brief service with the imposition of ashes. And then we'll have the sanctuary open all day. And I'll be hanging out in here, and there will be worship playing. And so if you can't make the 1230 and just want imposition of ashes, come in here, study the Bible a little bit, listen to some worship, prayerfully, you know, reflect on how maybe this year it's going to be different, how we're gonna, you're going to prepare your life uh, differently. I just was talking with Amy. Can I share that? Perfect. Her, she's feeling called. She's not going to make any appointments. She's going to reconnect with her creator over Lent. That's her Lenten addition to her life. Um, So be reflecting even now on what God could maybe be calling you to, to set aside so that you could get in a closer relationship with him through Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. And then we're kicking off Lenten Friday nights. And that's going to be an intercultural experience. We're combining forces with Pastor Hector and Pastor Delilah Islas from Casa de Afuera. 
Well, my Spanish is terrible still. Maybe by the end of this, I'll be able to say a couple things in Spanish, even Spanish names. Uh, So we're going to break bread together. We're going to worship in Spanish and in English for a couple tunes. And then we're going to study the the scripture that we're going to be studying as a congregation. As Actually, his congregation is going to be studying it too, which is Galatians for Lent. Um, So... Hopefully you can join us on that first Friday, which is March 4th, which is the only command that's a date on our calendar. March 4th. Nobody is impressed with that. Malia says, stop saying that. Okay, I think it's kind of impressive, don't you, think? Danny's really impressed. Yeah, he's game. He's game. But his favorite word is, never mind. Okay, everybody stand up. I'm going to give us a call to worship. And our call to worship this morning... And I'm going to read it from the NRSV instead of the Passion Translation. And it comes from us, uh, comes through the lectionary to us. It's Psalm 37. I'm going to read verses 5 through 7. Whoa. (laughs) Yeah, it's totally clean. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him, and he will act. He will make your vindication shine like the light, and the justice of your cause like the noonday. Be still before the Lord, and wait patiently for him. Do not fret over those who prosper in their way, over those who carry out evil devices. Let's worship the Lord.
this time, I'd like to invite the children to come forward. Good morning. Show of hands, how many of you have ever had a day that was so wonderful that you wish it would last forever? See some here, yes, yes. And of those, how many of you guys would like to share what that special day was? Nope. <laughs> Wasn't that special? Jackson, what was, it, what was your special day? Legoland. Oh, for his friend's birthday. Okay. That's on our to-do list. I hear it's a lot of fun. You'll have to tell me more about it. So did you know that Jesus' disciples had days like that too? And our Bible lesson today is about one of those days. One day, Jesus took Peter, James, and John with him up onto a mountain to pray. As Jesus was praying, something very strange happened. The Bible says that the appearance of his face began to change and that his clothing became as bright as a flash of lightning. Speaking of lightning, did you guys see that lightning this week? It was crazy. Then Moses, is, then Moses and Elijah, two men who had gone to heaven a long, long time ago, appeared with Jesus. They were talking with Jesus about how he was going to die. And when Peter saw this, he could not believe his eyes. How could Moses and Elijah be here, standing and talking with Jesus? The whole thing was so incredible. Peter told Jesus that he thought that they should stay up there on the mountain and build three tents, one for Jesus, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. Peter didn't understand that this wonderful experience on the mountain was not meant to last. It was not a place to stop and set up camp, but a starting place for God's greatest gift, the gift of salvation. Following this moment on the mountain, Jesus died on a cross, was buried, and rose from the grave so that you and I could have eternal life in heaven If they had stayed on that mountain, they would have missed out on everything that was still to come. You and I will have many wonderful experiences as we follow Jesus. And there's a song that says, every day with Jesus is sweeter than the day before. How true is that? When we have a great mountaintop experience like Peter did in today's lesson, we may wish that it would never end. But remember, when we follow Jesus and accept him as our Lord and Savior, the best is yet to come. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, we thank you for all the wonderful experiences you allowed to allow us to enjoy as we walk each day with Jesus. Help us to follow him wherever he leads us. In Jesus' name, Amen. And at this time, all children and youth are dismissed.
people born of water and the Spirit. We have made promises to be Christ's faithful disciples and to show his love to our life's end. Although we failed to fulfill those baptismal vows, God's faithful love endures forever. Confident of God's grace, let us confess our sin and the sin of the world. Pray with me. Merciful God, you pardon all who truly repent and turn to you. We humbly confess our sins and ask your mercy. We have not loved you with a pure heart, nor have we loved our neighbors as ourselves. 
we have not done justice, loved kindness, or walked humbly with you, our God. Have mercy on us, O God, in your loving kindness. In your great compassion, cleanse us from our sin. Do not cast us away from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from us. Restore to us the joy of your salvation and sustain us with your bountiful spirit. Amen. In John's gospel, Jesus said, I will certainly not reject anyone who comes to me. God forgives all who come. We welcome that hope. And it is because of this that I can say to you, your sins are forgiven. Thanks be to God. Amen. Stand.
It is so good to have that back, right? Man. Uh, this is breathe, yeah, I, echoing. Man, just breathe that in for a second. Mm. Well, um, we finished a series on James, and then we're waiting for Lent. And so I thought, this is kind of a filler. This is kind of a, um, an in-between time. And I thought you'd like to get to know me a little more. And uh, I'll uh, tell you a little bit about my story, and it'll tie into this Philemon. Um, I went, I, was, I, I grew up all over the place, but I grew up in Massachusetts, and I moved, my family moved us out to California um, in 1989. I was a freshman, yeah, halfway through my freshman year. Grew up at EV, I started going to EV Free Fullerton, which was a huge group, youth group of like 400 kids. It's Chuck Swindoll. You ever heard of that guy? Um, he, was, he was preaching it up, and I remember most of his sermons. Um, went away for six weeks to Venezuela after I graduated from high school. And that was through EV Free Fullerton and New Tribes Missions. And uh, went down to Venezuela six weeks, came back, and I was just head honcho. But then I went away to college at Cal State Northridge, math major. You can all insert laughter here, because <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> uh, and fell straight on my face. I, I started running from God. Like, I, I, my faith wasn't my own, and... So I didn't know which end was up, started running in the wrong direction. I remember it, my lowest point remembering, like I had, I had grown up in the church and knew every right answer there was, and I had chose the opposite. And I remember thinking, I think I'm unlovable by God. I think I've gone too far. And then I went up to Forest Home, and a guy named Brennan Manning was preaching. Uh, Brennan Manning, have you ever heard of that guy? He actually grew up with Shel Silverstein in Brooklyn. Uh, and he's an amazing um, evangelist. He's now with Jesus. But he was preaching his signature message. And his signature message was he was, um, he was a, a ruffian. He was a total ruffian. Uh, he got in bar fights. He entered the military and went to war, came back and just was an alcoholic. It just every addict there is. Um, and then he came to Jesus and decided to become a, like a Catholic monk slash friar guy. And he goes over to this order in Europe where you spend six months by yourself. Um, and so... In this cave in Europe, he um, he comes to meet Jesus in a totally new way. And by the way, when he preaches his signature message, since he spent six months by himself, he starts his sermons as kind of a gentle whisper. He never says, um, like I just said, um, like 18 times. Because it's calculated. 
and he starts his message by walking through his ruffian days. And then about three months into his six months in this cave, he says he thinks he, he cried for what he thinks is three days straight. Um, at the idea of God's grace and God's love not changing and being totally other than. And he thought of this particular day where he had um, had relations with a prostitute, went down to the bar downstairs and got in a bar fight after drinking like half, half a bottle of JD and falling asleep in a puddle after being beat up on the streets of New York. And he thought, God's love is the same for me at that moment as it is right now. God's love for you and I is the same in the middle of our worst sin as right now. We're walking around the mall. His love does not change. And like I said, he starts with a gentle whisper. But at this point in the sermon, he is screaming. <laughs> he is bellowing. Like he's he, like you, you guys who trained singers, he was yelling from the diaphragm. <gasps> God loves you in the middle of the... And there's no pause. There's no... There, it's like uh, Eminem's latest, fastest rap of all time was put to shame by Brennan Manning in 1990-whatever it was. And he's just going, God loves you in the middle of your... Blah, blah, blah. And the whole congregation has like gotten their hair blown back. And I, I remember that was God's call on me to be a grace dispenser. And I still don't, I didn't know what that meant, but I meant, I'm not going to Cal State Northridge anymore. So long, math major. Sorry, dad. I'm going going back to FJC. I'm going to become a hornet, and I'm going to figure out what grace dispenser means. And since I'd been on a missions trip, I thought it was missions. I didn't know. I didn't know. So then, this is a long story, but we're going to get to the text adventures. Everybody still awake? Okay. So... At FJC, I found out a guy, J.P. Moreland. I was really into apologetics because I was a religious study major and a philosophy major and, uh, at my junior college. And so I, uh, I found out J.P. Moreland was teaching at Biola, probably the be- best like, apologetics guy in the country. And it was a choice between Gordon and Biola. Biola's closer, and it's got J.P. Moreland, so I went to Biola. Turned out apologetics is not my deal. Just because, I don't know, I'm not that cocky. Well, I'm kind of cocky, but I'm not that cocky. Uh, And I'm not that good of a rhetorician. But J.P. Moreland's best friend growing up and going through ministry is a guy named Walt Russell. And Walt Russell changed my life. Walt Russell equipped me and turned me Open my eyes to this study of field called hermeneutics. You ever say, her, say hermeneutics? Hermeneutics. And we all practice hermeneutics. Um, hermeneutics is just the study of interpretation. And you, you, you use hermeneutics without even knowing it. Like if you read the paper, you know, the newspaper. How many of you read the newspaper? The word bull can mean different things in different contexts, right? 
If it's, you're in the money marketing thing, it's a bull market. That means it's a really strong market. If you're in the cartoons, it's that bull, that famous bull. I don't remember what the cartoon is. In the, like the gossip section, bull is, you know, code for lie. You know, that's bull. Uh, depending on the context of things, how you interpret them, different ideas and different words mean different things, Right? And up until this point, I had studied Scripture, and I had been, you know, just kind of reading and saying, okay, let's read this one. <laughs> you know, like opening, like hunting pack, you know, kind of like a typewriter. Just, what does this say? And I would, I would just read whatever and say, God, use that in my life. But Walt Russell just opened my eyes to this investigative side of unpacking God's word. Each, how many books are in the Bible? 66? That's a trick. It's one book, you know. The the, uh, systematic theologians will say that it's just one book. But um, biblical theologians will say 66 books are in the Bible. And each one was written by a different author, except a couple are written by the same author, to different groups of people in different styles. You know, there's poetry, there's lament, there's the different styles of literature found within this. And so you have to put on your different hats, your sleuthing hats. I feel like I'm losing a couple of you. Is everybody okay? Okay, maybe I should have you stand up and do a stretch. No, I'm not going to have you do that. And he opened my eyes with this book, Philemon. It's a power punch of a little letter, and you can practice what he said is the most faithful and good way, or, yeah, excellent way, best way, Malia, thank you, English major, best way of interpreting Scripture and studying Scripture. And this is what changed my mind from being a grace dispenser to being a pastor, because my call into being a pastor started with discipleship. And it ends with discipleship. Jesus didn't call us to do this. Jesus called us to make disciples. Make many Jesuses. To study this book and be people of the word. Set apart from everybody around, even though we're in the midst of everyone around. Amen? Amen. Amen. So he opened my eyes to this Philemon, okay? This little power punch of a letter. And the hermeneutical principle I want to teach you, and I, want to t- I've t- I taught the old timers, day timers, sorry. <laughs> Freudian slip or something. Uh, <laughs> subliminal slip. My day timers, I've said this over and over. I'm sure they don't, uh, they probably remember. But, you know, uh, I'm kind of like a broken record. Let the whole interpret the parts and the parts interpret the whole. Say that. Let the whole interpret the parts, and the parts interpret the whole. That's kind of like, it kind of sounds like Yoda, <laughs> but it's extremely memorable, and it's ex- extremely effective. Because when you, when you just take the parts and make them mean whatever you want them to mean, and ignore the whole, you end up in terrible places. 
If I ask anybody who is a weed smoker, they say, Scripture says that we should, we should smoke weed in Genesis. It says, anything of the earth is of the sea. Does, Shane, do you remember what that verse says? I used to call out this guy named Chris. He would, always, he would just point it out. Uh, but let's look at our Bibles. This is a church. We can open a Bible, right? Okay. Let's open our Bibles to Genesis and try and find that. Or open your phone. <laughs> Who has a phone and say, anything of the earth is of the good seed. Oh, there it is. No, it isn't. I, I thought I found it. Who's quickest on the draw? Nobody's opened their Bibles. Is anybody opening their phone? Look at their phone. Genesis 1.11, right here. That's in the first chapter, right here. The earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seed of every kind, and the trees every, bearing, every kind bearing fruit with the seed in it. And God saw that it was good. They take that verse and they say, I think God wants me to smoke weed. <laughs> right? They just take this individual, they take a part and ignore the whole, and they make it mean whatever you want it to mean. If you take the whole and forget the parts, individual conviction is out the window. You read the whole book of Romans, and you're like, wow, that's a great theological treatise. But if you take and you look at the parts, on that road, he calls everyone in here a sinner. In an infinite direction away from God. Because of the fall. If you take out the parts, the Holy Spirit doesn't have that convicting punch to, to reach into your souls and change us forever. So let the whole interpret the parts, the parts interpret the whole. Finally, we're going to read the whole of Philemon. Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus, and Timothy, our brother, to Philemon, our dear friend and co-worker, to Aphia, our sister, to Archippus, our fellow soldier, and to the church in your house. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. When I remember you in my prayers, I always thank my God because I hear of your love for all the saints and your faith toward the Lord Jesus. I pray that the sharing of your faith may become effective when you perceive all the good that we may be for Christ. I have indeed received much joy and encouragement from your love, because the hearts of the saints have been refreshed through you, my brother. For this reason, though I am bold enough in Christ to command you to do your duty, yet I would rather appeal to you on the basis of love. And I, Paul, do this as an old man and now also as a prisoner of Christ Jesus. I am appealing to you for my child, Onesimus, whose father I have become during my imprisonment. Formerly, he was useless to you, but now, indeed, he, was use- he indeed is useful, both to you and to me. I am sending him 
that is, my own heart back to you. I wanted to keep him with me so that he might be of service to me in your place during my imprisonment for the gospel. But I preferred to do nothing without your consent in order that your good deed might be voluntary and not something forced. Perhaps this is the reason he was separated from you for a while, so that you might have him back forever, no longer as a slave, but more than a slave, a beloved brother, especially to me, but how much more to you, both in the flesh and in the Lord. So if you consider me your partner, welcome him as you, you would welcome me. If he, was wronged you, if he has wronged you in any way or owes you anything, charge that to my account. I, Paul, am writing this with my own hand. I will repay it. I say nothing about my own, but about your owing me even your own self. Yes, brother, let me have this benefit from you in the Lord. Refresh my heart in Christ. Confident of your obedience, I'm writing to you knowing that you will do even more than I say. One, one thing more. Prepare a guest room for me, for I'm hoping through your prayers to be restored to you. Epaphras, my fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus, sends greetings to you. And so do Mark, Aristarchus, Demas, and Luke, my fellow co-workers. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks for bearing with me, too. That was, that's, a big, that's a big chunk, right? Let the whole interpret the parts and the parts interpret the whole. As a whole, what do we see about this letter? Raise your hand and say something. Love. That is forgiveness unity restoration those are all correct I, I'm, not, I'm not looking to trip you up I, I, that's awesome Like we're, we're celebrating these truths these are all a part of this big picture and then you start to zoom in that big picture the unity becomes drilled down Love has legs, and you get to see what it looks like. Um, it's not an accident that we're studying this in, in Black History Month. This little power puncher helped end slavery in America because it says something about human worth. Anything else that anything pops off the big page? Okay, cool. I'll hit the gas pedal. I know we're going to run out of time, but I'll sit down. Actually, I'll sit down in like a couple seconds. <laughs> uh, P.S. Welcome into my life, and I'm glad you're here. And I love doing this. And I, if, if you don't get anything out of this, be a person of the word. Let the whole interpret the parts and the parts interpret the whole. Part of my job here is to equip you, the saints. And I tell you, our church, capital C, is behind the eight ball on this one. 
We haven't been studying scripture. We haven't been equipping ourselves. And partially that falls on me. So um, zoom into the first part. A prisoner of Christ Jesus. He brings that up again later. And he also says he's a servant of Christ Jesus. What's the word for servant in Greek? Doulos. Doulos. It's the same as slave. He's doing wordplay. He's a prisoner. He's a slave. But not to any human, but to the Lord Jesus Christ. He says, who's this from? It's from Paul and Timothy. A lot of people forget that. Paul and his wingman, Timmy, Tim, Tim. They're writing this letter. Who's it to? Philemon. What do we know about Philemon? Just from the next section. Actually, that section and the next section. Verses 1 through 7, we learn a lot about Philemon. One, he has a church in his house. He's a pastor. He's a leader. He, he gathers the community of Christ together and equips them. Also, he's good at loving people. Imagine getting this letter from Paul. I am so encouraged by the way that you love people, man. You're doing a great job. Then you get to the heart of the letter. My wife always says, when you're telling no to somebody, and she's not the inventor of this, you say yes, no, yes. Anybody ever heard that? Your sandwich. You know, like, say, Rick, you come up here and say, hey, I'd love to do a rock concert right after this and just have one of my bands play right here, right as you say amen. And I say, Rick, you're an amazing bassist. (laughs) I love you like crazy. That's a crazy idea, and no way. (laughs) But I'll come to your next show. You know what I mean? That's how you say. Paul does that same thing. He says, hey, man, Philemon, you're amazing. You're planting churches. You're doing awesome stuff. I ran across this runaway slave of yours, and he ran to me in prison. I brought him to the Lord. I'm sending him back with this letter, and I want you to let him go. I want you to declare to the people around you, you don't own people if you follow Jesus. You don't own people if you follow Jesus. You are owned by Jesus. And don't forget, if you didn't know me, this is Paul speaking, you wouldn't know Jesus. He starts with a, yeah, I love you. And then he says, oh, but by the way, you should let this guy go. Oh, by the way, you really need to let this guy go. <laughs> he wrenches down and says, seriously, dude, if you don't let this person Onesimus, go. You're saying to the world, you don't get how you've been forgiven by Jesus Christ. And then he ends with the letter, and he says, and he even tightens it down even more. He says, oh, and by the way, I'm coming to stay at your house. (laughs) So if you don't let him go, it's going to be real awkward. (laughs) I'm going to pass the butter. Oh, let him go. Pass the, anyway, um, Applications. Anybody. 
from this letter. And you could say what you said at the beginning, but just drill down. Unity. We're one together. What did somebody over here, Tim? Restoration. Restoration. Love. Forgiveness. And it's practical. I love how practical this book is. Let's, uh, do we stand for the human response? Let's do that. I kind of want to have us be quiet and have them sing it to us, but that's okay. Everybody stand up and let's do this hymn response. part of the service where we continue in worship but we do so by giving back just a portion of the blessings that God has given to us if you're listening to the podcast at home um, please mail your tithes and your offerings to Presbyterian Church of the Covenant P.O. Box 2128 Costa Mesa, California 92628 and if you're here um, leave your offerings and tithes in the basket on your way out this morning's tithes and offerings now received. The offertory piece that uh, uh, Susan is so graciously offering to us this morning is called Anus Dei, which means English, Lamb of God. And goes on to say, Miserere Nobis, have mercy on us. And ends with uh, later on, Dona Nobis Pachem, which means grant us peace. Uh, this peace and Mozart in general is extremely difficult for voices. So I cannot have anybody else that I know for the last 20 years in California to do better this piece than Susan here. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say something. <laughs> First of all, thank you so much for having me today. I really loved reading the book of Philemon. You know, I grew up in a very full gospel church and when I, well, I first, I got saved right over here at Calvary Chapel. I accepted the Lord and I've, I had a lot of trials throughout my life, and I didn't know if I could sing or have any kind of future there. And as a Christian, I wasn't really sure that that was really a godly thing to do for a very long time. I just waited and tried to wait on the Lord and see what he would bring to my life. And it's been very interesting because as a singer, you know, we all have a gift, each one of us. 
And the gift that God gave me was a little different than what was going on in music in the church at the time. And I really felt that I needed to go to school and I needed to develop that gift and learn about it and use my voice to honor God the way that he was leading me to do. And I did a lot of different things. I sang in church and I sang some popular music, but really, you know, my voice was more suited for Haydn and Mozart. What can I say, right? So when I met different people in the churches who, like me, were really ministered to by this music and really felt God glorified in it, people like Cornell, well, you don't forget those relationships because they're part of your ministry, they're part of your life. And I just really want to thank you, Cornell, for calling me because, you know, I'm working really hard right now. I have 30-plus voice students that I work with each week, and I didn't think I'd be singing this weekend. And it is such a wonderful blessing to come and sing the On You Stay today because it really ministers to me when I sing this music. You know, a lot of people just kind of go, what, what? Well, What more can you do than use your gift to glorify God in the highest way possible, in the best way that you know how to do? So when I'm singing today, I just want to encourage all of you to do the same today. Whatever your gift is, whatever you feel the Lord is calling you to do, take that step and glorify him in it.
be seated. Thank you, Susan. Thank you, choir. We have missed you so. It is wonderful to see you back. Thank you, Lord. God is our refuge and our strength, ever-present help in times of trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Please join me in prayer. Holy and merciful God, we praise you this morning and thank you for the many blessings in our lives, including our choir. No matter whether our path is smooth or rocky, calm or tumultuous, you are and always will be our refuge and our strength. We will not fear. We pray for a parched and forlorn world that is in desperate need of you, Lord. We are in desperate need of you. News reports here and abroad are warning of an impending war between Russia and the Ukraine. Father, we pray against the threat of war in the name of Jesus, and instead we pray your peace and wisdom over this situation and for those in leadership. Make each one of us instruments of your peace. Lord of compassion, we pray for the fallen Huntington Beach police officer that died last night in a helicopter crash. We pray your comfort and mercy for his family and colleagues. We pray, too, for your healing for his partner that is in critical condition. Restore him to full health, we pray. Thank you for police officers and firefighters, medical personnel, and frontline workers that put themselves in harm's way for us every day. Bless them and keep them. Father, we look right and we look left, and we can't help counting those who are not here in worship with us. The needs of our congregation are many. Lord, we pray for your hand of healing and mercy on these dear brothers and sisters. Kay Deer, Beverly Tolbert, Patty Ernest, Elizabeth Van Doren, Gil Keller, Keith Coslin, Jim Leahy, Dan Shoup, Sandy Corbett, Jane Carlisle, Sandy Madsen, and those that we name silently in our hearts now. Lord, be with each and every one, uplifting them with your righteous right hand and restoring each one to vibrant health. Prod each one of us to remember our brothers and sisters in our daily prayers. Make this congregation known as a praying fellowship where all are welcome in worship. 
Thank you for our pastors and worship leaders. Bless them and keep them. Gracious God, we join with believers everywhere, praying as you taught your disciples to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Let us continue worshiping together. Will you please stand for our final hymn? Last praise Jesus, the choir is back on three. Just say praise Jesus. One, two, three. Praise Jesus. So good, right? I forgot to mention in the whole thing, I think the the crucial piece, you know, like the whole interpret the parts and the parts interpret the whole. Most people agree that the 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 singular most 
convicting part of Philemon is found in verse 18 and 19. It says, If he has wronged you in any way or owes you anything, charge that to my account. I, Paul, am writing this with my own hand. I will repay it. I think I'll use that as our benediction. Has God blessed and given you everything? Yes or no? Yes. If anyone owes, you know, put on the likeness of Christ by putting on the likeness of Paul this week. Look for ways that you can bless others the way God has blessed you. And what a testimony, right? Testify. Use your gift throughout this week with abandon. Let it loose. Right? Amen.